Welcome to another episode of Adulting with Wine. This week is our Black Boss of the Month for August. Um, actually, I met this person through my boyfriend, um, and I have one of his shirts. I'm not wearing it right now, so hopefully he doesn't think badly of me. But um, he's also from the Bronx. Like, like, as everyone knows, I'm born and raised in the Bronx, so of course, you know, he had to be on the podcast. But anyway, his name is So. So, how are you? How's it going? I'm all right. So let's talk about your your clothing line, man. Visa Blurry. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, um, I'm I'm excited about the experience. Um, Visa Glory is not only my baby, but um, it, it's 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 my, me and my team's baby. Um, sounds kind of weird, but anyway, um, <laughs> but, uh, the brand was was basically conceptualized in like. I'd say like 2008, 2000, yeah, 2008 ish. Um, in high school, it was like a, it was like a little passion project to create a clothing brand because you know we were inspired by you know the likes of like Jay Z, Pharrell, um, who else could I say like uh, Diddy, you know, uh, Russell Simmons. Um, we, we see, we see, we saw other black entertainers and like entrepreneurs themselves. Um, making clothing brands, we were like, well, we got to make one too, you know? And um, it, it's really something that came from a high school passion project and then turned into um, an actual business. And um, I can only be nothing but grateful for, uh, yeah, for our, um, our current success. Right, right, right. And so you've been working on this for over 10 years now. So yeah, what does yeah. that feel like? It's like, um that's probably most of your life isn't it yeah yeah that's like half of my life because i'm about to be there yeah no i'm not even about to be i'm 30 now but um this is something i started when i was like 19 and um it's always been um yeah, sorry a, a call just came I had to delete I had to uh, ignore that real quick but um but yeah, we've always been black owned and operated since since we were uh, since our inception, and um, that was always uh, uh, something I had close to heart as far as like just self ownership. Um, it, it was something I was privy enough to be taught when I was younger, uh, when I was like you know from like fourteen to like sixteen. I, I was um, dropped a gem on, like you know, um, it's great to work for people and you know make make big bucks but you can make even bigger bucks if you actually own the company so um i always had a dream of owning a boutique of course like selling clothes but never it, it wasn't um actually making clothes um even one of my first hustles in life was um um selling jeans like uh selling jeans um in my in my neighborhood and um you know coming up coming up with uh small hustles around clothing and 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 that that ended ended up manifesting itself into me becoming a a, a, a graphic designer and fashion designer and you know actually you know curating the look for the brand cool and one of the designs that actually attracted me to your line and I started asking um, my boyfriend Dean about it more is the is beautiful um, sweatshirt and t-shirts that you have Basically, the shirts are black for people who. Um, yeah, I grab one. 
um, who've never seen it before. We'll also set, we'll put, I'll put a picture up on Instagram as well, but they're black and it just say it's beautiful just to represent black is beautiful. Cause of course we are <laughs> and it's gold lettering. So it's, it's a really, um, attractive shirt to wear, um, in general. And then definitely people will always ask you about it, but how did you come up with that design? Um, I'm a real, I'm a real big, like, um, nerd on like African history. And like, um, I listen to a lot of lectures from like, um, from like great, um, black scholars, you know, uh, like Dr. Ben, um, um, excuse me, uh, like Dr. Ben, Ivan Van Sertema, um, um, Francis Cress Welsing, you know, the list goes on and on. But, um, but I listened to a lot of their lectures and one day, I, you know, I was just, um, I was just so happening to be designing it. I, I, um, I was, I was inspired by one of the speeches from Dr. Ben and I was just like, yeah, I gotta make a shirt that, you know, that says black is beautiful, but isn't, um, but isn't so, you know, so direct, you know, I want people to think about it, um, before they, before they actually get it. And, um, and that's how the concept really came about. I was just like, hmm, black shirt, words is beautiful. It conveys the message, you know, you just tie, tie the two together. And with the brand, we like to do a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of like, you know, um, like graphic, I don't want to say illusions, but like, but like just, just, just graphics that make you think, you know, graphics and, and um, symbols and images that make you think and they also have meaning behind them as well. So um, black is beautiful. Our black is beautiful tea definitely, definitely uh, was a product of that. And it's our number one selling product right now. And I have to thank you and Dion. Um, you don't know how much I appreciate you guys support uh, because that is what, you know, uh, keeps the gears going uh, at this engine here. Definitely. Of course, we will support. I mean, I'm supporting everybody black, quoted from Issa Rae, of course. Um, let's talk about a little bit about you being from the Bronx. Are you originally from the Bronx or? Oh, no, nah, I'm originally from Africa. Um, I came to America when I was four. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, me and my family uh, fled uh, the, the, the Rwandan uh, genocide. You know, okay. like, uh, you know, I, a lot of people seen the movie Hotel Rwanda. Um, that was the whole genocide that we were lucky enough to uh, escape. Um, I came to America when I was four. Um, I lived uptown my whole life. Um, I, my first, originally lived on 224th and 219th and back to 224th, but um, uptown was always my stomping grounds uh, along with the rest of the city. But yeah, that's how um, I knew Dion. You know what I mean? Dion were friends since like third grade. Me and him uh, used to run around and um, wreak havoc together as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I'm also from the 219 um, block. Actually, I don't really, I guess I don't really count because I moved there when I was like 10, but I used to, I lived there for like over 10 years. Um, but I feel like for me, someone who has sort of like, been from that neighborhood and then sort of like went to college in Brooklyn. I feel like a lot of the energy I get from other people who find out I'm from Bronx is like, oh, you're from the Bronx? Like, 
Yeah. The, the Bronx has such a negative stigma. And I, I don't live why. there. Yeah, I don't know why. And then you got to ask them, like, why do you live where you live? Because like, <laughs> Brooklyn is so much better. Yeah, like, Brooklyn <laughs> looks like 1991. You know what I mean? Sure. Certain parts of Brooklyn are still really ashy. But, you know, gentrification gets gets people a little, you know, bourgeois. But yeah, the Bronx is beautiful, man. It's so historical, you know. Um, we have a whole lot of great landmarks. I mean, hip hop started here, first off. Like, first of all, I mean? if it wasn't for the Bronx, you know, come on, I, I don't even got to finish that. But, but, um, but yeah, like, like we get so like I don't know, we get so much vitriol from the rest of the city, um, pr- probably because you know, I mean, we started the sauce, but um. But yeah, I, I I experienced that same um that same sentiment when I when I meet meet people from like Brooklyn or Queens or whatever. They always say, "Oh, the Bronx is so far." Oh man, the Bronx. Oh, Yankee Stadium. That's all they know. But oh, Yankee Stadium. I just got that today. Oh my God! This guy came up to me at work and he was just like, he's like, "You're from New York, right?" I was like, "Yeah," because you, I I didn't mention this on the podcast, but I'm in Florida right now, so. He came up to me and he's just like, you're, you're from New York, right? Like, what part? I'm like, the Bronx. He's just like, oh, yeah, Yankee Stadium. I was like, I've never been there. <laughs> and that shut his whole shit down. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you, you should go. You should go. It, Yankee Stadium is all right. You know what I mean? But, I mean, do you even like baseball? <laughs> no, I like, I like baseball when I'm there. I can't watch baseball on TV. You know what I'm saying? No. Now I'm not like a big baseball fan, but I've been to a couple Yankee games in life. Baseball games are too long. Yeah, baseball games are very long, but you know, the the, the beer makes it shorter. <laughs> yeah. I mean? um, so back to being from the Bronx, like, how does it feel to be a a black business owner from the Bronx? From an area that's sort of frowned upon, but not necessarily, I feel like it has a lot of talent and potential, but you know, a lot of people don't know how to tap into resources, especially since the Bronx, I I feel like doesn't have enough resources from people, especially people of color from the Bronx. So how does that feel? Um, It's definitely like, you know, walking in, walking in into a cafeteria that's already occupied by by everybody else but you know everybody from where you from went to a whole nother school like like everybody went to a whole nother district um but uh but yeah it's like that like like um the bronx doesn't necessarily have a lot of um business owners in itself and and that's um it, it could be a systematic thing it could also just be an information thing you know where where um it, it's not that many of us in the Bronx that are informed to possibly start a business or to possibly go another route than you know than than um just having a nine to five person you know but um but I usually chalk it up to to people not necessarily like looking outside of what they're used to you know and I don't know why um I'm not gonna say it's it's more more of that in the Bronx than anywhere else. Um, I'm pretty sure that happens a lot of places, but um, in the Bronx, we just don't have a lot of that. But it's also a duty for um, young black um, young black business owners from the Bronx. It's a lot of bees, right? Young black business owners from the Bronx to actually 
push that message and push the information forward to anyone else that is coming up from the Bronx uh, that actually, you know, wants to do something different. You, you could like, since you're already in the path of doing something else, you could also show, you know, everyone else, you know, where the water is at. You, you know, you don't got to make them drink it, but you know, if, if, if they choose to follow, they choose. And I hope that's, that's the, uh, that's, that's the sentiment across the board. Is that something that Beast of Glory or you individually hope to pursue in the future? Oh, hell yes. Um, we definitely want to do um, even bigger, like we want to make it, make the brand a little more meaningful than like just for clothing. Um, of course, the appreciation of our art is um, comes along with that, but, but even bigger, um, um, we definitely do plan on giving back in the future in in greater ways and all of us um as individuals we 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 do have you know um i'm not gonna say like like mentorships but but we do have like our younger fellowship that comes you know to the the studio checks out um checks out the 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 studio check out the studio we let um our younger cohorts like you know try out some of the machines, look, look at clothing, you know, teach them uh, as much about uh, fashion and art as they're interested in, you know? And we try to spread that message as much as we can. But as we grow, we definitely do plan on giving back in uh, more ways than just, you know, clothing. Okay. And where you are right now, is that where you make all the shirts? Do you do yeah. all the embroidering in, like individually? A rare, a rare look into your stoop. <laughs> But um, but yeah, behind me is like all of uh our inventory, like stacked up. Um, well, not all of it, but this is just a piece of our inventory. That's our uh machine right here. Mm-hmm. Um, another our other computer. So, like, and you know, this is another our new our newest bad boy. Hasn't even gotten uh touched yet. But uh, but we're we're also about to start printing soon. Which uh, which we're really excited about, and um, and as we grow, uh, we definitely we definitely uh, are gonna archive it and and um, make it not 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 like I don't want to say we're we're gonna make it um, j- just pieces of content, but we also want it to like be somewhat informative. Um, we want to be somewhat informative with the content that we produce um, at, uh, about our whole production and our whole, like, you know, vertical operation. Yeah. So are all the shirts that are embroidered, are they do- done individually? Yeah, they're all uh, made by me, actually, right wow. now. Like, I embroider all of these pieces uh, by myself. Um, from time to time, I get help from the team, of course. But uh, but it just so happens that you know I'm um I'm the one who's most in that too, uh, working the the embroidery machine, but but soon enough you know uh um we will be outsourcing a bit just to you know just to compensate for time and you know and and like uh, fulfillment of our customers' orders. Okay. Um, one of the things I, I always admire people who have clothing lines just because I feel like it's such a giant feat to overcome just because I I think it's very costly, but also like 
where do you even start? So what would you tell somebody who's just like, I want to start a clothing line, but I don't even know where to start? Um, I would I would say start with the most freest part of it. The most free <laughs> part. The most free part where you don't have to spend no money if you really want to start a clothing line is um is research and development. It don't cost you no money to research something, um, but it might cost you some money to develop it. But there's there's even ways around that. But um but definitely research, uh, I would say, is is the first step. You really have to look into the market. You have to um, you have to look into the profession. You have to look into the craft that it takes to actually create clothing, you know, and and create pieces. It's um, it's not just I have an idea and I can slap it onto something and then boom, there you go. I'm gonna sell it. Um, um, it takes a little more thought and a little more wherewithal to actually um, make the right product. You know, anybody can make a product, but making the right product is usually the part that that um, that we all don't know, just because it takes so much uh, to actually make the right product. But I would definitely say start, um, start with research. Then um, after research, uh, you, you, you should be able to have come up with the proper startup number you know and that startup number doesn't have to be two million dollars it doesn't even have to be five hundred thousand it could be something more feasible that you can just create let's say samples from you know and you go and you develop your first samples you know and with your first samples you take those and you and you see what's the reaction from the people and you shop that around and from from your samples then you'll you'll see what direction you you'll go into um as far as you know um what market and and, and what um excuse me what market or or what uh or what demographic to to place your uh, your pieces in okay what's the what would you say is like the hardest part about starting a clothing line um the patience, the patience in everything, like the patience in um, the patience in creating the piece, the patience in waiting for a manufacturer to make it, the patience in the manufacturer messing up and having to, you know, um, uh, make it all over again. Patience in you making a mistake and having to pay for it, either through your money or through your time. Um, the patience in in even like just receiving a product from, you know, from a customer that uh, wasn't satisfied or something that was defective, you know. So the hardest part is definitely the patience. But if you have good uh, conduits, or oh, I'm sorry, conduits. Uh, if you have good outlets um, to to release whatever frustration to keep you uh, patient. Uh, I, I I'll always recommend utilizing and um, and and definitely along with patience is the uh, is the dedication like yeah like like the dedication through through just the ups and downs you know like you're gonna go through rocky times and you're gonna go through sunshine but like the the key is how you sustain and how you maintain yourself 
through all of that. And I'm sorry, uh, the, the harder part is, you know, the, the, the keeping yourself dedicated and, 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 and always honing into that drive to always wanting to create more, no matter the circumstance. Okay. I, I want to tap into your question a little bit about patience, just so people get an idea of how long, how much patience and dedication having a clothing line is. How long would you say from like research to actually having product to sell? How long was that process when you first started? Um, when I first started, from research to product, I mean, I kind of had research already down packed because I was doing that for a couple of years, like I was interning and stuff. So that's where that's where my research came from, was like from actual um, clothing lines offices. Um, but I, I would say for me, it was like two years because mm-hmm. I started interning in, in like Gilliard. Um, I started interning there when I was like, 17 and i didn't produce my first product until i was 19 Mm. and um and in between that whole time it was just you know trying to figure out what do i do what do i make how do i make it make sense to people and when i make it how much you know and trying to figure out margins and how i'm gonna flip it and how i'm gonna you know like i was just more so uh, i was more so uh enthralled with uh the hustle of it like 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 creating a product and then actually selling it for for flip that was my that was like my rush and and it it still is it still is till this day but but um but yeah for me it was two years but realistically speaking i would say it it should take anyone anywhere from from six from six months to a year to actually research and then uh, begin to develop yourself because you don't want to rush yourself through the pro, you know, through the process, and you don't want to, you know, make a flash in the pan product just because you were chasing some clout or whatever, you know. <laughs> but, but a lot, but it also depends what you're in it for because some people that's what they're in it for, you know, like they just want to make that clout dollar, and you know that, that that's completely fine to to um to who each his own, right? That's how you say. It. But yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, like it just depends on what you're really into it for as well. Like, what deep down inside, like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you even creating this product? You know, like uh, like a lot of uh, a lot of the a a a lot of your products um success is gonna come from your intention of that product. So like, if your intention is just some clout, you know, like flashing the pan shit, it's only gonna last for right now. But but like if your intention is for it to be something that is classic and lasts forever, um, you will take the necessary time to create that, you know? Right. That's an important note. A lot of people and I think even I struggle with this and like a time where everything is just like who you are is based on who not even just who you know, but like how much attention you're getting. So if you're somebody who has, even though you're consistent and you've been doing this for a couple of months and you only have a couple hundred followers like myself, it's kind of like, 
well, who are you anyway? And that's how I, a lot of times I felt. But a lot of times when I do this every week, I have been doing this now recently, it's kind of like, okay, like people actually want to be a part of this. And maybe it's not a thousand people, maybe it's not 2000 people, but if every week people are telling me, you know, Sasha, I want to be on another episode. Let me know when you have more episodes. That and it should be enough to keep you going because people actually enjoy it, even if it's people who are just doing it. And a lot of people, I feel like, especially like the generation that my brother in, because my brother is 18 years old, it's just like, well, if you're not fibro, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they don't realize that things take time. Like a lot yeah. of things take time. Like these viral TikTok motherfuckers, as soon as we, we go back to work, none of them gonna matter anymore. <laughs> That's just real life. Yeah, like we, we we definitely live in the age of like instant gratification. Like we've 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 been in that age probably since like the beginning of social media, probably since like Skonex. Or whatever, but um, it's Skonex. <laughs> like, like for real, because like it's the opportunity. Like, what the internet did and what social media did was like allow you the opportunity for like instant entertainment. You know what I'm saying? And and like, and you can actually be entertained on a local level. Like, you can see what Kiki and others doing up the block, walling. You know what I mean? And at the same time, see what Beyonce and Jay Z like drama is you know and that's the like i guess that's the most like uh captivating uh um like uh attribute of uh social media and like and like um phones period so like the, the, the it's built so much like social value it's like gold that's why your little brother could tell you like yo if you're not viral like you're not lit but in but like like he doesn't know the value in like time yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, that's the, I guess that's the, uh, that's the message that I guess needs to be pushed more is like, you know, actually taking your time to do things, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to pop right now per se. But um, I read a great quote one time, which, which was just because you, just because you're ahead of your time doesn't mean you can't miss your mark. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me because like, you know, um, when I was younger, I had this like ego of, um, of, yo, like, like, yo, you know, I got, I got this hustling shit down in the bag. I got, you know, I got this flash shit down in the bag, yo, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a make, I'm a, I'm a make all my money plus quadruple that in two years, you know, but little did I know, you know, like, like obstacle <laughs> course that was coming, you know? And, um, and I was I was I was uh, blessed enough to have like older older people around me who were who, who were able to tell me like yo you gotta be realistic you know like creating a business is not um it's not it's not a game you know like how you think like you know hustling is or or or, or like yeah basically they, they they taught me the difference between hustling and running an actual business you know and. It's two totally different monsters, but they 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 like they they thrive off of the same foundation, like foundation uh, uh, fundamentals. They thrive off of the same fundamentals. So like so like somebody in the streets will never um, will never fathom like the level of griminess in a boardroom, 
and someone in a boardroom will never fathom the level of like simplicity of the streets. So those are like the working dynamics that all of us aren't like really privy to like within society. Yeah, you know I mean, but but it takes once again like it goes back to the conversation that each one teach one type thing. Yeah, you know I mean, like if you know you have an opportunity in a space that your your peers don't, you could possibly you should always like um like invite that idea to them you know you don't necessarily have to bring them into your world but you can yo i mean just take a look at this you know i mean and you never know where that could go you know yeah i i definitely agree with that so um actually so speaking on that point how what was like the hardest what would you say i want you to describe a time basically that you almost gave up on this like you were like "Mm -mm, visa glory i guess just won't happen and how did you kind of get yourself out of that you know it's weird i never had a almost give up point really yeah i've had a i've had a what if i stopped thought but I never had a a point where, like, and I've had several times the point of what the fuck am I going to do next, you know? I've had that point, like, what is next? Like, but, like, giving up was just never an option. Cause I don't know, like, um, I, I guess it's just so embedded in my, not just my psyche, but, like, my soul. Like, I got to make something out of this so much that, it um it never it, it that thought wasn't a thing for me you know but it also depends on how much you want it you know i um you know outside of like my lady and my family um like beast of glory is the only thing that i've ever wanted so much you know like to that point of like not giving up I don't, you know so like um yeah i've never had that i've never had that time but but we definitely had like struggle points and like points of what's next you know what's the next direction but i feel like when you like um when your intention is to make it like the universe meets you halfway you know just as long as you uh yeah just as long as you keep up your end of the bargain that's fair i've had i feel like i haven't had moments where I didn't want to do the podcast anymore, but I just felt like there were moments where I felt like what I'm doing is so small. Like, why am I even doing it? Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> that I makes sense. That feeling as well. Yes. So yes. I've had those moments, and I guess that's why I've been so consi- inconsistent in the past. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, like, just, I feel like, now that I'm doing it more consistently and I'm meeting more people who like enjoy it and really like getting more ideas, getting more inspiration daily. I feel like I, I was some, I was telling my boyfriend, like I would do this for free. Like <laughs> if I never got paid for the rest of my life, I would do it for free. if I didn't have bills, <laughs> but I dig, it, I dig it. But that's what's up because like, if you're, if you're willing to do it for free, then, then you definitely have, it's, you definitely have the will to continue to do it. And please believe like your perspective is definitely like 
necessary, you know? Um, someone needs to hear your perspective. Uh, someone needs to hear your uh, your angle on on how you dispense information and how you um, allow others to dispense information because you have you know you you created this platform for that for that reason and um, it's not enough uh, young black young black women who have their own podcasts you know and I think that's a thing that should continue to 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 go on and to happen. Um, don't let these haters get you down. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't have I don't have haters mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> I don't think I ever had haters. That's that's something I never wanted. You know, I never intentionally thought to myself like, you know, haters be, be hating on me. You know, I, I I say it to my friends to joke around all of the time, but the haters thing, I never want haters. I hope we never get haters. But if you know, if we do, I hope they find a, a way to to find some love. You know what I'm saying? Haters now is a good thing. Like if people hate on you, people are checking for you. That's what that means in this era too. Yeah, I guess. I guess that that that, that, that that's an extreme way to find out that somebody is checking for you. But hey, I mean that happens, that happens in like real life. Like even just friendship, people the people that hate you the most be checking oh. up on you. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. I I I could imagine. I could imagine. You know, because you know for for a little minute I didn't um. I didn't like the, the 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 Wendy's logo, so I used to visit Wendy's uh, website, not website, but their uh, Instagram, just to you know chastise them. You would comment like, on the logo? Oh my God, you are definitely Dion's friend. Jesus I Christ! Yeah, I got to grow up at some point. Oh, do you still be trolling? It's all good. No, I think only when he's drunk, but we're not going to say don't, don't, no, nobody tell him I said this on the podcast. Um, but okay. So one of the things I wanted to ask was sort of like now, especially in this era, like, I mean, we talked about social media and all of that black owned shirt lines are like a thing now. Like you can probably find them anywhere. Um, I, I mean, we talked about your Is Beautiful line, which I think does a great job of standing out against any of these t-shirt lines. But how do you think does Beats of Glory stand out amongst those t-shirt lines? Um, it's just our originality. And we're not, we're not like focused on anyone else. Like we don't really, you know, there's, there's definitely um, brands, um, upcoming brands and established brands that we like definitely like check for and 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 look to for like inspiration of course that uh, as we should as artists but but um but we're never like ever like uh worried about that uh thought of like competition or or like you know trying to be so different from everybody else we just uh focus on our originality and make things or not things but make product that that um that reflects us and tells our story and that's all that matters you know um if, if how the world receives it um we hope is is always received well but you know um if it isn't then you know we just hit the drawing board and make something new again you know what i'm saying mhm one thing i also wanted to um talk about um something that you do differently other than other brands i think is your um your branding just your messaging i feel like a lot of times a lot of other clothing lines 
especially Black-owned brands, they have the image of, like, the girl who has surgery posing in, like, the streetwear. And it's just like, okay, I do not look like this. Most of your people do not look like this. So I like that your your images on your Instagram and how you brand it is definitely, like, not centered around, like, you know, this overly sexualized woman, which, I mean, if you look like that, I mean, everybody wants to look like that, but, like, if you look like it, it's okay, but I feel like that's the only image that's ever portrayed, especially, like, in the Black community. So, where did you get your idea for branding, um, and why did you decide not to have, like, mainly, like, women model for your life? <laughs> of course, it's sex, but... It, it, it was definitely for the reason that you touched on earlier of um, like everyday people don't necessarily look like the most like, you know, figure perfect person. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, um, like, you know, a lot of the times that's, that's like an altered image or just an altered person in general. So like we, def we, we definitely always want to portray a, um, uh a, a a image of naturalness you know um the image of nature and how it and how it actually is you know nature not just of not just of you know like the nature we see but even the nature of people and especially our people uh we, since we are a black owned brand we do take pride in our history and our culture and our in our upbringing and just in our influences in general. And just because, you know, um, we're so proud of being black doesn't mean that our, our, um, our influences are only just black or only just like African, but that is the, uh, the center of our story per se. You know? And that's how we try to portray and brand the brand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad y'all did that because yeah. we're tired. I don't know if everybody else is tired, but I'm tired of seeing that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. next, like, what's the what's the future of Beast of Glory? Like, what we have is beautiful joggers, you know, so we can have the whole fit or like swimsuits, you know. What's next? Oh, we um we working on a couple nice surprises for It's Beautiful and um add-on pieces for It's Beautiful along with um along with continuing to uh to express the brand story once again um we are right now we're currently developing our fall and winter of um of 2020 going into 21 um and that's the most exciting part right now um through you know through social media we'll be giving nice little snippets and newer content um as as for as far as you know what we got going on and and um all, all of our newer projects and pieces so yeah that that that's really all we got going on i don't want i'm usually i'm usually i'm usually not the one to, to um to give up all of the sauce yeah you know i mean damn damn you know what I'm, saying? You know what I'm saying you gotta cook in the kitchen first you know how you try to reach for soup and then your mom slap your hand <laughs> exactly what that is last thing to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Any white people listen to this podcast are gonna be like, "What soup?" <laughs> um, but 
fair. So I guess we're not gonna know what's coming out or if there's joggers, but I guess we'll find out. Um but is there anything else that you would like anybody to know about Beast of Glory, where they can shop, you know, let them know. Shout it out. Check out Beast of Glory dot co that is our clothing line um on uh, that's our uh website i'm sorry um um our instagram is beast of glory and our facebook is beast of glory so yeah uh, across all um social media uh well only only facebook and 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 um and instagram along with our website definitely check us out and Check out, check out our brother company, infantry65.com. And at Infantry65, we, um, we build all of the content that you actually see on Beast of Glory. So, yeah, check us out and, you know, let us know what you think. All right. All right. Cool. So, you know, where to find Beast of Glory, shop a T-shirts, all that good stuff. Buy his beautiful shirt and tell tell him that you made you bought it because of Dalton and the Wine told you to. All that good stuff, you know. And again, because he's from the Bronx. Exactly. But thank you guys for listening again. Follow Beast of Glory at at Beast of Glory on Instagram and follow the podcast at Adulting with Wine. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll get some wine, man. What'd you say? I said, next time we got to get some wine. Next time we have to have wine. This time we weren't drinking. But, you know, time, time, things happen. But next episode, we're going to be drinking. Next episode, that's what's on. We'll Blame have- it on Corona. Blame it on Corona. Blame it on Corona. Well, I don't, I don't know. I've been drinking more since Corona, I think. Oh. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> All right. All right. But, you know, guys, I was going to say see you in the next episode, but. You know, listen to the next episode next week. Catch the episode next week. Later. Thank you, Sasha. Peace out. You don't have to love me. You don't even have to like me. But you will respect me. You know why? Because I'm a bum.